Good evening and welcome to Mets 360 here on CAST. I'm your host, Brian Jura, and I'm very pleased today to, to be joined by one of the nicest men that you'll ever meet, and that's the legend, Mr. Lenny Melnick. Lenny, thanks for joining us today. Uh, you didn't speak to my, any one of my first two wives, did you, about that? <laughs> I don't think you did. Andrea might agree with you sometimes, but that's about it. Well, thanks, Brian. Uh, all, all I judge people by is what they do to me or my kids and <laughs> and you've right. never been you've never been anything but super nice and super helpful i have a question boom you're right there johnny yep. on the spot with an answer yeah and also I'm a, I'm a met fan so you know you got to give a little sympathy to the met fans right? there you go well since you're a met fan let's get right into it uh yeah. to me one of the best stories this year has been the uh the play of brandon nimmo who didn't even start uh the the season as one of their primary outfielders did you see him breaking out like this before the year started I, I thought he was going to be a player, but not a. a, a re- I did. I didn't look at the beginning of the year. You had Conforto, you had Cespedes. They were talking about the new launch angle, uh, Lagaris hitting home run. You had Jay Bruce, who made it very clear he didn't want to play first base. It just appeared that, and it's interesting in New York with the Yankees and the Mets. Any any player that's a prospect gets hyped up beyond belief. All right, uh, but. Nimmo was kind of kept in check. You didn't hear that high-profile talk about him. So even though he's developed into an oh, look, he's a nice player. Uh, On-base percentage is good, draws a lot of walks, uh, the 16, 15, 16 home runs. But, you know, at age, what is he, 27, 28, been on the DL a number of times. To answer your question, I thought he would be a fourth outfielder at best. Uh, I wouldn't have drafted him in fantasy baseball. So I didn't, and uh, but he's turned out to be better than I expected, and I think better than the Mets expected. Although I do think that they should have expected more and worked with him a little bit more. You know, I don't. I don't think, from my own point of view, that I'm surprised that he gets on base, that he has the high on base percentage, but the right. power that he's shown this year has has been quite a surprise. But we we heard for so many years that the Mets valued power and on base percentage, and here was a guy who delivered on base percentage in spades, and then they wouldn't they didn't want to give him the time of day, and that was something that was very frustrating to me. Yeah, and they didn't even you know there was no hype on the guy. Uh, I knew him because I think he was a high draft pick, and I did hear of him, but nothing special. Uh, we expected him to steal bases, and I think if there's any one area that he may have fallen short, you take a look at his minor league record for stolen bases. I believe he's like somewhere close to a 55% success rate, something like that. Not a good one. So he's not going to wind up being the big base stealer that I thought. But still, as a number four outfielder, and I think that's what he is going to be, a number four outfielder, uh, I don't say it's going to be Bruce or Ligaris or Cespedes. Uh, it'll be Conforto and maybe two other guys, but uh, he'll still be a number four outfielder. Wow, I'm, I'm shocked. Brandon Nimmo's a star. He's going to be an all-star next year. He's not a fourth outfielder. Okay. He's, their, he's their number one or number two outfielder, depending on how you feel about Conforto. Okay, all right. My I'm fists are up. I'm ready. I'm, uh, I'm no, ready to no. duke it out. I'm etching that in my kitchen table. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm putting it. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to the rotation. And uh, Zach Wheeler, his last six starts, he's been tremendous. Um, I think he's got an ERA comparable to uh, what Justin Verlander did when he got traded to the Astros uh, late last year, uh, a low one ERA in his last six starts. Yeah. Um, 
considering his pedigree and and his stuff, do you consider him a number one starting pitcher? Oh, definitely not a number. And don't forget, I'm a Met fan, so I'm not going. I'm not going the opposite way. I, there are a lot of things about the Mets that I do like. I think Wheeler is uh, going to be a good complementary pitcher. He's 27, 28 years old right now. Uh, a lot of, a lot of hard knocks, a lot of injuries. The Tommy John surgery, the whole thing, uh, goes through periods where he gives up a lot of home runs. But to me, he could run through a stretch as he's going through now, where he could be terrific. But for the whole season, I mean, you take a look this whole year. I think his ERA is uh, around 3.3, something like that. And for a National League pitcher, that's okay, but it's nothing great. And I know he's getting better. I'm glad they held on to him, but I really think the Mets have to make a decision here. And I think Wheeler's part of it. They have to decide which way they're going. Are they going all in, or are they going to rebuild and come up with a good young team? And I think Wheeler is going to be part of whatever decision they make. He, I could see him being traded in the offseason, and I could see them building around Wheeler, uh, um, DeGrom, and Mats, and that's not terrible. But the problem is this. With DeGrom, I think he's got one year left after this year. Uh, I think he signed a con- one-year contract in 2018. So if they don't extend him, I don't think the Mets don't know what they're doing. They have to either extend him or trade him. If they extend him, fine. Then I'll jump a little bit on the Wheeler bandwagon because I think that uh, he'll be part of this foundation. But if they don't extend Matt um, DeGrom, I think they have to trade him. I think Wheeler could go as well. I think Jay Bruce could go as well. I think Cespedes could go. I think Frazier could go. If they don't extend DeGrom, they're telling us that they're not going to go, uh, that, that they're going a different direction, that they're going to start unloading players. So I'll, t- I'll take Wheeler, maybe a number two, maybe. It's just that he's got the ability to break down at any moment, and he's got the ability to get wrapped around. The one thing about Wheeler that I see is that he's actually a better pitcher with men on base. If you take a he's, he bears down to a level. When there's men on base, he's very effective. So, of course, with that line of thinking, you would say, uh, well, Lenny, that's stupid. First batter up, you walk intentionally then, right? No, no, <laughs> uh, no. But that's what Wheeler is. He's got the ability, but some something about him, I don't know if he, if he just lapses mentally or whatever it is, but consistency, you don't see it out of Wheeler. So I'm not, uh, I'm not convinced yet. All right, well, uh, you said a couple of things that uh, that I want to uh, uh, reply to. And, and the first one is uh, you were mentioning Jacob deGrom, and he actually has two more years of control. So the, the Mets have him for both 2019 yeah. and 2020. That's what so, I thought, but I thought he signed a one-year contract in 2018. He, he did. He was arbitration eligible, and they settled before the case actually went to arbitration oh, okay. for, okay, for good. a, a so, one-year deal. But still, I still think that they've got to extend him. If they don't, then they're saying that they're going to be competitive in two years. And I don't, I don't see how they're going to do that. I think they have too much dead wood on this team, as evidenced by what's happened this year. They can't go into Major League Baseball next year with the same cast of characters. It didn't work. It hasn't worked. Something's good. they got to make a change somewhere. 
and and along that the biggest thing is either extend the grom or don't and that will tell the story which way they're going to go all right well let me play devil's advocate with the grom before we get back to talking about wheeler right. and the, the mets have him under control for two years and and DeGrom came up a little bit later than most people. He's 30 years old. Yeah. So he's he's um, he's older than, than Wheeler and older than Syndergaard. So do you want to give him an extension? And if you give him an extension, you're going to have to, what, buy out two, three years of free agency? Mm -hmm. And do you want to be paying for somebody in their 33, 34, 35 years? And look at what the Cubs did with Jake Arrieta. Yeah. Uh, they, they let him go to... Uh, through his arbitration years, and then they made him a competitive offer, and Arietta said, uh, thanks, no thanks, and he ended up on the Phillies, and he's pitching okay, but he's not. He's getting $25 million a year, and I would suggest that what he's given isn't quite worth $25 million. So, I mean, I think that there's an argument to be made that the Mets are, are playing it right by giving DeGrom's age, by not negotiating with him now when his leverage is at its highest, when he's having a, a Cy Young-type season. Also, his value is at its highest. If they want to trade Jake DeGrom now, I mean, I don't know what they can get, but they could get a boatload. And that would fit in because they have a foundation, in my opinion, of a couple of good young players on this team. And I'm talking about Ahmad Rosario and, uh, and the second baseman. What's his name again? Uh, Jeff McNeil. Uh, and Jeff McNeil. I think that's a great foundation. I think Mats and Wheeler can be serviceable. They've got a couple of good uh, uh, players in their farm system that they could uh, rely on. Uh, uh, name, they're still a little young, but they got this kid, um, Peter Alonzo. Uh, they also got another kid, 23-year-old, uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Goyomi or something like that, who can play infield or whatever. So, and, and, you know, a couple of other swift moves. And certainly if they get a boatload for DeGrom, I, I, I just I think if they don't either extend him or trade him, I think they're just floating in the middle. They have too many parts on this team that e that have to be either traded and changed or some big-time additions have to be made. Uh, and I don't see how they make big-time additions. They're not going to get free agents. they got to go through the trade route. I mean, they got the Frazier, and they got Cespedes, and they got Bruce. Come on, you know. You can't win with these guys. It's been proven. You've either got to trade them or get some serious reinforcements to back them up. All right, well, let's get back to uh, Zach Wheeler. You mentioned his ERA. You said it was 337. You hit it Something right like on the that. nose. Yeah. Where do you think that ranks among National League uh, starting pitchers? Uh, I have no idea where it ranks them, probably in the top 20. Uh, but I still don't think that's a – that's stardom there. That's, uh, the question was, is he a number one? Mm -hmm. That doesn't tell me he's number one. Uh, he, so, go ahead. He's, uh, he's tied for 10th in the, the National League with that 337 ER. Okay, and that's better than I thought, but I still don't see him as a number one. He's on a roll. If you take a look at what his numbers were before the roll, and you could, you could talk injuries. But a lot of it will have to do with how he finishes up. Uh, I've seen him go through streaks, seen a lot of pitchers go through streaks if this if his if this happened at the beginning of the year his streak his recent streak of what seven games something like that uh if he had this at the beginning of the season and if they didn't trade him at the uh, the trading deadline i think they would have been out of their minds okay uh the fact that it happened now he's shown his track record he can show a streak of uh, of greatness 
and then he falls back. So this is just a part of his pattern ever since he was with the Giants. And look, the you know, Giants sold him for, uh, 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 I think they traded him to them. Who'd they get? Was that part of the Cespedes deal? No, that was Carlos uh, Beltran. Yeah, Carlos Beltran, that's what I meant. The uh, same thing, Beltran, Cespedes, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, part of the Beltran. And at the time, uh, Wheeler was considered a very big prospect. And at age 28 now. So you'll see those glimpses, but I don't think consistency is there. I haven't seen it yet. Certainly we haven't seen the consistency, but I would argue that the reason that we haven't seen it is he was starting to put it together in 2014, right. and then he came down with the Tommy John surgery. Right. And then we started to see it in 2017, and then mm-hmm. he had the, uh, um, I think they called it a, a stress reaction uh, yeah. between his elbow and his shoulder. And I, I think if he's healthy... He, he's certainly uh, a, a good guy. And what was the old saying? There's no such thing as a pitching prospect. And yeah, and, right. and I guess that applies here. But um, I, if he's healthy, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go to battle with him. I think he's a different pitcher this year than what we saw before. He's attacking. He's attacking hitters. He's trusting his stuff. He's throwing harder than ever before. Really like what I see from Wheeler. Yeah, but here's the thing. And you said it yourself. After four years in the majors, has he been in the majors for four years, something like that. Uh, if he's healthy, boy, oh boy, how many times? How many times do we say that during the course of a day? <laughs> if he's healthy, and so far, there's no re- at age 28, there's no reason to believe. I mean, when he first came up at the Mets in his first year, what do you have? 15, 16 games. Then he had a, a, a 30 game season. Then he went back and he had the Tommy John 17 games. Last uh, this year, he's pitched 26 games. So okay, let's see how he finishes. He's 28. He's getting up there as well. I'm just not buying it. I, I you know, it could happen, but if I had to take a choice, I would say that Wheeler was not going to be a number one. Lucky if he's a number two, based upon his inconsistencies and his health. All right, well, let's uh, move back to the offense. And you mentioned Jay Bruce earlier, so let's talk a little bit about him. Last night he had a homer. Uh, seems to be showing a little bit more life since he uh, came off that extended uh, DL trip. Yep. Got two years left on his contract. Uh, you optimistic about the Mets getting something from him those two years? I and From him or for him? <laughs> either, either way. Either I really, way would be fine. I really thought you were going to say for him, right? Because that, that makes more sense. I, uh, you know, with Peter Alonso coming up, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Maybe sometime next year. Uh, and he looks really terrific. You know, uh, and it's interesting. They're not talking about Dominic Smith anymore. And I was in, uh, Andy and I, Andrea and I went to Birmingham, uh, Binghamton two years ago. And I knew that uh, the Mets prospects were there. That's double A. All of a sudden, I see a guy on the field, and I said, I didn't know who he was, but I knew he was there, and that was Amar Rosario. And I made I said, who is that guy? Wow, it looks like a man among boys. Then I saw Dominic Smith, and I said, this guy is just nothing. Lethargic, looked, looked out of shape, overweight, and didn't even, there was nothing about him. Uh, so, okay, that takes care of that, but Jay Bruce has already come out and said that he doesn't want to play first base. He made that very clear. Uh, but he's got no choice now. And the, believe me when I tell you, 
I have I have insight to know that he was being marketed at the trade deadline. Uh, they just couldn't get anything back for him, so uh, I hope they're not stuck with him. But he's got the peaks and he's got the valleys, and he's 31 to make the move to first base, which, you know, it's funny about first base. There are guys who don't want to play first base, and there are people that say he can't play first base. And then again, I go back to my era where Mickey Mantle ended up his career at first base because he couldn't move. Stan Musial played first base because he couldn't move. Roy Severs played first base because he couldn't move. Ernie Banks plays first base because he couldn't move. I don't know why all of a sudden first base is such a hard position to play, but Bruce doesn't want to play it. Uh, I can't see him on this team next year. It's just another one. Uh, Bruce, what do you do with Bruce? What do you do with Frazier? What do you do with Cespedes? Uh, what do you do with the Grump? Boy, they got a lot of decisions to make, and they're going to do it without a general manager named so far. And that's a little discouraging. I look at the Mets right now in more chaos than I've seen in years. Absolutely more. So much there that I want to respond to. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but l- let's keep it focused on, on Bruce. Uh, Bruce, yeah. Um, you, you mentioned that he didn't want to play for a space, but the one thing that I think that he, whether you like Bruce or whether you don't like Bruce that you have to credit him for is like, hey, I'm an employee here. If they tell me to play for a space, I will play for a space. He may not want to do it, but he's, he's going to go out there and, and do it to the best of his ability if, if the Mets put him there. And right now, frankly, if he wants playing time, first base is going to have to be a, a large part of the equation. And um, the other night I saw him make one really nice play and at the same time that uh, missed a ball that he probably should have had. So I think we're going to see a lot of that as as he uh, uh, basically teaches himself the position at at an advanced baseball age, if you will. Um, could Could he be a decent first baseman? I think so. But you mentioned the the peaks and valleys that uh, come along with being Jay Bruce, and, right. and and you have to live with those if you uh, signed up for him. And the Mets signed up with him for three years, and one down, two to go. You you were mentioned the the from or for uh, after I read the question, but uh, who, who's going to trade for him at this point? He's he's a huge injury risk at this point. No yep. one's going to trade anything for him. You, you're going to have to pick up 90% of the salary and get nothing back. Yep, but here are the two things on Bruce, and you mentioned one. Unhappy, all right, he's unhappy, but he'll play it. We all know an unhappy player, is gonna, his numbers are going are gonna to suffer, and, and his numbers are only offensively. That's number one. That's number one reason why his numbers will suffer, and he's hitting, what, 220, something like that. With the, I know he hasn't played a lot. The second thing is any time a player is put in the position where he has to learn the position as he's doing it now, it also takes a little bit away from his offense. And that's almost every player who's made the transition from outfield to first base, from third base to first base, from first base to all the, all those uh, players who have not used to a position. Now they're concentrating on defense. They may not like to play it. And they just, it takes a little bit off their game. That's just been the history of baseball, Brian, with everybody. You know that. So I, I don't think we're going to get the best out of Jay Bruce. We will see the peaks and we will see the valleys. But the, I think the valleys get deeper. The peaks get a little lower. And at age 31, this is the number one guy that has to go on this ball club. And even if they got a, a, a low-level prospect or two, I think that's the way the Mets have to go. All right, I'm going to ask you a quick 90 uh, yes or no question. 
if if a trade opportunity came to the Mets and they got the equivalent of a uh, bag of broken bats and a pop-up toaster for Jay Bruce, but they had to pay 75% of his salary, would you do it? No, I would get a pro- I would get a prospect. That doesn't mean a top prospect. I mean somebody who who they may think has some potential. He may be in single A, maybe in double A, and that's not exactly a bag of balls or a bag of broken bats. Uh, but okay, I I, I just don't. Uh, I'm not going to give him away. I want to get something. Not a lot for him. Uh, a little, there's a little bit of addition by subtraction, only because if Alonzo uh, starts to play. And then first base becomes his position. Then you got nothing for. I mean, what is he? A pinch hitter? I don't. I. 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 I, I just don't get it. And I'm. I'm not even putting Dominic Smith in the equation, as I mentioned before. So I think that Bruce is a guy that just has to go, uh, and they'll figure out who's going to play first base next year, even if it's Wilmer Flores, or something like that. Uh, or, or maybe Todd Frazier. Who knows what they'll do in the offseason. But I don't think Jay Bruce is a part of a New York Mets winning team. I don't think he's got any place to play. And I think he's going to block uh, Peter Alonso if he's ready next year. Earlier you mentioned Ahmed Rosario. And he seems like he's been a different player since they moved him into the leadoff spot. Um, you mentioned when you saw him a couple years ago in Binghamton, you were very impressed. You, you think he has a chance to be a future All-Star? I think he's going to be a star, and I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, sometimes my eyes deceive me, but this guy, no. And uh, for further confirmation of that, I spoke to a Met beat writer. I had her on my serious show, and she was very candid. I forget her name right now. Very nice uh, beat writer for the Mets. Ackert? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, uh, I Christy Ackley. I call it Christy Ackley. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, Christy was on, and she says the Mets coaching in the minor leagues is not that great, and he needs he needs proper guidance and proper coaching. He his pitch recognition was way behind where it should have been. His uh, his whole his whole uh, uh, um, plate uh, uh, discipline, everything, his approach. Apparently, the Mets minor league coaching system is not that great, and that's what she said. I'd have no knowledge of that, so, and, I, and I believe it, because now as Rosario has spent a couple of weeks in the May, a couple of months, you could see he's developing an approach when he comes to the plate. He's being a little bit more selective. It, sometimes it takes a player uh, up to two years, maybe even three, until they really begin to click with pitch recognition. It's not that simple. And if you don't have good coaching in the minors, it's going to take that two or three years. I will say, and I'll go on record just like you have, and I'm ready to duke it out uh, <laughs> just like you are, that Rosario becomes a star, an all-star. I don't think there's any question about it. I love it. Um, you know, I think the only thing that uh, may stand in his way is that there's there's some good shortstops out there, and especially if uh, well, Machado stays in the National League as a shortstop, yeah. that's a, another barrier to the All-Star team. But mm-hmm. you got to well, like what you've been seeing here recently from him. Well, let's say he'll have All-Star numbers, okay? There may be others picked over him, but he's going to be – he's not going to be a disappointment. And I I, uh, I, I think they got to be a little uh, patient with him, the Met fans as well. He's got to be put in the right situation with the right guidance, and I think this kid's a star. 
All right, well, let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum because I don't think you think much of Todd Frazier. Um, what do they do with him? Um, you know, they've got him under contract for, for next year as well. Yeah. Um, certainly a guy who is, has always been healthy until this year, two DL stints. Um, do, you, do you hope for um, better, uh, better health and better production from him next year, or do you look to move him at any cost? Well, you see, I know Todd Frazier, not as a personal friend, but I interviewed him uh, live when he was with Cincinnati. I've talked to him a couple of times up close and personal. And he's, look, he's 32. He's sitting about, what, 225, something like that. He's got some home runs, some steals. His, his big value to the Mets, and every team needs this, he's a clubhouse guy. He's another coach. He's, an, he's a mentor. He is just, uh, I remember a couple of years ago when Tampa signed Cliff Floyd and Troy Percival, and people said, what? What is a team, a young team like that signing two veterans who were shot? They were there as mentors, as coaches, and they produced a little bit on the field. I think that could be a big part of Frazier's value. So, look, if he hits 230 and hits 25 home runs and plays a good third base, or maybe even first base, depending upon what, yeah, I think if they get the right price for him uh, and they're willing to trade Cespedes and really clean house, okay. But Frazier has a lot of value on this team in terms of his presence on the field, what he does in the clubhouse. Uh, at third base, if they do other things, add another pitcher, get a bullpen, maybe uh, stabilize the outfield, I think Frazier could be an addition. So I like him. I think his best days may be uh, done. But he's, he's a tremendous, and I talked to other Met players who said the same thing. He's a, he's a team leader. Every team needs that. And if you've ever played on a, on a team, and if you were the young kid, let's say you, know, you were a freshman, a sophomore, you always looked up to the seniors, the guys. And, and that's what Frazier is. It's the same thing. You can relate to it that way. He is needed. He's somebody who can really lead this team. Well, um, your answer surprises me because you were as down as you were on Jay Bruce. I thought you would be the the same way about about Frazier. No, but you you your intent the intangibles seem to push him over the top for you. Well, not only that, but you know, look, Jay Bruce is an outfielder. There's no place for him to play. Uh, it could be very crowded at first base as well. I don't see another third baseman there, maybe other than Flores. I don't see anybody in the minor league coming up who's going to play some third base. So. Uh, it's really based upon that, and I think Frazier still has something left. I don't know. You know, Frazier is steady, and, but Jay Bruce is just too up and down. There's no consistency with Jay Bruce. Uh, you know, and he'll put up the numbers at the end of the year, but I think the Mets need a little bit more than that. But I don't even see a prospect that the Mets have except the kid uh, who's 24 years old, but fourth-round pick. Uh, I think, uh, David, uh, Thompson. David Thompson. Yeah, David mm -hmm. Thompson, I think. But he's only batting about 250. Last time I looked, I don't know. He doesn't seem to be anything special. All right. Well, be, before we we say goodbye to the third base uh, topic, I just gotta <laughs> say, I just gotta say, I haven't I haven't stepped on a on a baseball field in probably 20 years. Yeah. And I'm a better third baseman than Wilmer Flores. Yeah, but he, you're not the glider either. He, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Flores can't throw, and uh -huh. 
and he trips over his own feet. Okay, I know. He, he's uh, he he definitely does not belong on the left side of an infield. Debatable right. if he deserve if he uh, should be on the right side, but he definitely doesn't be on the left side. All okay. right, let's go back to the to the rotation. Stephen Matz started off the year great, had uh, an ERA of about three thirty at the All Star break, and, yeah. and now it's uh, closer to four and a half. Um, and but his last couple of outings have been good. So he's been he's been the peaks and valleys guy that you were talking about earlier. Yep. Is there anything the Mets can do with him? I keep their fingers crossed. You know, look, he's 27, I think, and I remember his first start. Everybody's mother and father were in the stands. Mm-hmm. He's from uh, Long Island and the whole deal, and uh, it was very exciting. And that was the highlight, and that was it. It's been all kind of like, I won't say downhill. He's had some moments. Mats and Wheeler fall into exactly the same. If the Mets go with these two guys and counting on them as their number two and number three in either order, it's a risk because they just, just they haven't shown the ability to have a, a good, clean, full season. So it's a risk. And with an ERA of over four, I think. Uh, and I don't know, he's had 24, 25 starts. I think this is as high for starts in a year. So yeah, they could get lucky. They could get a good year out of Wheeler. They can get a good year out of Mats. They could keep DeGrom, three terrific starters. Uh, but there's a lot of ifs there. I mean, ifs with a capital at, uh, I. Every team has ifs. But these two guys have shown that they're just so risky. Um, I don't know what you can do with Mats. Uh, uh, unless it's a full-blown makeover, Mats, Wheeler, DeGrom, and they all go. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too excited about it. All right, it's it's a risk, and yet on the upside, if it works, you got three terrific pitchers. And I can't tell you what's going to happen. Nobody can predict injuries. All you can know is what has happened in the few, in the past. And there you go, Matson Wheeler. What makes us think there's going to be any change? Uh, I don't know. Maybe just our our luck. That's it. When when I watch Mats. Uh, I see a guy who's got pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, he throws hard for a lefty. Um, got a nice little uh, breaking ball to go along with the fastball. Moves the ball around nicely. But it seems like four, five, six times a game, he just leaves this incredibly hittable pitch mm-hmm. right in the middle of the zone. And the days that the uh, the other team misses him, you know, he does great. But on the days that uh, they they crush those pitches, yeah, <laughs> the the line's not too good. So I don't know how you get a guy to stop throwing hanging curveballs. But if if the Mets could figure out how to do that with Mats, I think they'd have something. And all of a sudden with Mats, it could click in. He could have a great run. All of a sudden with Wheeler, as he's doing now, he could click in and, and do it for the rest of the year and come back next year and do this. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying that the odds, I would say. Uh, conservatively, and again, I'm a Met fan, I would say it's 30-70. That uh, uh, with with 30 being having a really nice full year and 70 being that it's not, it's not going to be any different than any other year. So that's where it is with the Mets, in my opinion. All right, let, let me throw you one last thing with Mets. 
Now, I, I remember the, the conventional wisdom used to be that it took lefties a little while longer to put it together. And uh, certainly a, a recent guy or a somewhat recent guy would be uh, Randy Johnson, who, who struggled his first few years and then turned into a great pitcher. I thought you were going to say Sandy, Sandy Colfax. <laughs> ah, they, uh, there you go. I was going to follow up with the, right. the, the old Sandster. Yeah. Uh, and then Colfax, obviously, the... Uh, probably the the premier case of that. Do do you think there's any chance that uh, Mats, who who hasn't gotten the pitching experience because of the injuries, maybe he's on that later developing lefty path? Well, yeah, absolutely. Next year he could be a star. There's no question. But 30-70 on the possibilities of that happening. So it's not 50-50. It's 30-70. It's not 10-90. It's 37. So there's a chance. I mean, I love I love the kid. I think he's he's, he's he could be a terrific pitcher. When he's terrific, he's terrific. But it's 3070. So if you like those odds as a Met fan, I think they could do better. But I think they have to be creative, and I think they got to change it around. You can't go in next year with the same team that w- w- that started 11 and one and then fell apart because there's no there's nothing that's being put together you got to make some changes i don't know where but certainly it's got to be uh uh understood that mattson wheeler as good as they could be uh the odds of them uh, being great pitchers and carrying the mets on their shoulders to any degree uh the odds are not with you let's talk about uh uena cespedes who's having surgery on on both heels right um First but he's off, still playing to... golf, though. <laughs> Good for him. He's still out there. Yeah. If, if he can hobble around from the uh, golf cart to the yep. tee, that's it. Rock on. Okay. But have you ever heard of a, a major league baseball player having surgery on both heels and, and like one right after the other, like Cespedes has? And do you think he can come back and and be the the big hitter that he was before? I don't. It's I don't know anything about this uh, medically. Uh, one of my dear friends, I have a Little League friend, a kid that uh, was one of my store Little League p- uh, players who could tell me all about the shoulders and everything. Uh, he's, you know, he's with the Hospital for Special Surgery. He's the assistant team doctor for the Mets. But I can't tell you about Cespedes and his, and his bottom half. The only thing that, as a fan, strictly as a fan, uh, it just doesn't seem like he wanted to play. I don't, I don't know, but then of course you, you don't do surgery for the hell of it. But it's ever so apparently there is something wrong. But it's every year, and again, I'll say 2080 on Cespedes. We all know he can do it, but 20% that he will do it, 80% that he won't, and it's just based on the history of the last couple of years. What's going to change? Is here's the only thing that changes. He'll be healthy next year. All right, what do you think the odds are of Cespedes being healthy right now? Well, uh, we don't know what the recovery time right, from, that's it. from we don't this know. is. So here we are, but you and I are talking now. If I had to ask you, what do you think the odds of, uh, of Cespedes having a, a terrific year next year? What do you think the odds are? Uh, a terrific year, I'd put the odds at zero because he's going to go. miss the first part of the year, and we don't All know right. when he'll be back on the field. Yeah. But... Uh, I think at least part of the problem was with Cespedes. We didn't know what the cause was. Mm-hmm. He had hip injuries. He had uh, uh, quad injuries. He had hamstring injuries. But it seems like he was trying to compensate for the injuries in his heel. Right. So maybe, 
maybe. Maybe. Maybe the, <laughs> uh, getting the, the heels fixed will cure the other stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't think that's uh, completely unreasonable. I don't know if I'd put that as the most likely uh, outcome uh, here, but I, I think it's certainly on the table. And uh, unlike you, I think Cespedes wants to play. I don't think he'd be going through this. I mean, he's got the I guaranteed. He's yeah. got the guaranteed contract. If he didn't want to play, he'd be doing a Frank Francisco, yep. lounging around, uh, just mm-hmm. uh, cashing checks. Oh, if I remember Frank Francisco, he was the relief pitcher, right? Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. But anyway, look, he's at age 32. I'm saying 2080. So far, I haven't given you very good numbers here. 2080, 3070, 3070. Uh, doesn't you know? I'm, I don't like those odds for next year. Yeah, um, the the tough thing is that you don't know when Cespedes is going to come back, and when he does come back, yeah. you have no idea what he's going to give you. So I mean, it, it's a it's a tough spot for the Mets to be in, and mm. they're committed. They're paying him twenty eight, twenty nine million dollars. So it's, uh, I mean, hard to yeah. be a Met fan, man. It's really, <laughs> and I go back to the Hobie Landreth first pick in the expansion draft. And I told you the other day, I reminded you what Casey Single said. When Casey was asked, why would you draft a, uh, an obscure catcher? His reply was, well, when the pitcher throws the ball, we need somebody to catch it. And and that was that. So uh, look in the uh, immortal arms of Charlie Neal and uh, Rod Keneal and all those guys. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Met fan, but I'm very disappointed in how this team is being uh, run. All right, well, we've reached the uh, crazy prediction time, and this is something that Whoa. I stole from uh, Patrick DiCaprio's uh, old uh, podcast. <laughs> yes. And uh, I- I'm going to give you a crazy prediction, okay. and then I'm going to ask you to comment on it mm-hmm. if you think it's crazy, and then we'll flip roles. You'll give me a crazy prediction of yours, and uh, then I'll comment on it, okay? Go ahead. All right, so be- before I give you mine, I-, I have to preface this that you know each week I do this, and each week the guest hears it and says, nah, I don't think that that's crazy. And then they never come true. But I feel good about this one. I, I feel you're going you're gonna to stamp me as a lunatic uh, after you hear this one. Never happen. It'll never happen. <laughs> All right, here's my, here's my crazy. The problem is that I have too much respect for you. Uh, no, throw that out the window. Oh, go ahead. All right, so my crazy prediction this week is that next year, in 2019, that Zach Wheeler will have a better ERA than Jacob DeGrom. Are you nuts? <laughs> Is there something I knew it. wrong with you? I knew are I you, could count you on you. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> You're just stupid, man. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. All right, uh, on to the, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, listen, can I tell you something? As a Met, As a Met fan... Anything can I there's no there's no such thing as a crazy prediction when it comes to the Mets. There is just no such thing. Anything can happen with the Mets. Yeah, but I don't look, the only way uh, who knows? I mean that's uh All right, it's, b- b- before before you give me your crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's, it's not crazy? It's stupid. Oh. No, it's stupid <laughs> to think that. All right? But it's not crazy because DeGrom, 30 years old, he could have a down year. Oh, Lenny, Lenny, right? Lenny, you're letting me down. I it's, thought you were going to. No, no, I said it's stupid, oh. but it's not crazy. Oh. Okay? Oh, you, that, that's like a, a stake to the heart. I thought you were smart. I get it. <laughs> All right. So I was looking up. I was looking up Bob Gibson, and we yeah. don't remember. Or I don't. I remember reading about it. I didn't see I, it. I, I saw him pitch. I was. Times. 
I, I saw him pitch many times, but after the big year. But the big year in 68, he had the uh, yeah. 1.12 ERA. All right. And the following year, his ERA jumped over a full point. And I no, think that's going to happen to DeGrom. Yeah, because DeGrom, as good as he is and as good as he has been, he's not Bob Gibson. He's not guaranteed. Uh, I, 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 so for DeGrom, next year to have an all-star year, I'll say I'll say 75-25. There you go. You're on happen. the right side okay. now. All right, yeah, good. All right, but still, welcome 25. back. There's a quarter that says he he'll, he'll go back to being mediocre, and with Wheeler, look for what he's done the last seven starts. Uh, I'm going to give him the odds of uh, oh 35-65 that uh, next year he'll be a star, but there's a 35% chance that he will be. So, all right, well, show me what a crazy prediction is like. What a th- crazy prediction it is like. Yeah. Well, this is not hit. a prediction. I have inside information. Ooh, so even it's better. not really that the Mets are going to sign Manny Machado, okay, and Bryce Harper, and really take hold of New York. They're tired of being – really, I have inside information, uh, and I'll tell you where I got it from if you really want to know, uh, that the Mets are going to get Harper and Machado and give the finger to the Yankees and win the hearts of New York and start and start doing some great stuff here, right? Oh, Lenny, all I can say is whoever is giving you this inside information yeah. is 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 having a little joke at your expense. No, no, they're, I'll they're tell pulling you where on I your got leg. It. No, they're pulling not, on your leg. No, not the. Listen, I'll tell you where I uh, I got it, but I don't want you to pass it. I don't want you to tell anybody. Okay, <laughs> I I had a dream. <laughs> okay, and I'm the legend, right? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. I had a dream that this was going to happen. Harper and Machado. You etch that in your kitchen table. Now, I don't mean Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. I mean <laughs> Freddie Harper and Jose Machado. Okay, those are, but it's still Harper and Machado. Uh, H- Jose, I hear he brings the, in- in- the intangibles, so, I'm, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe that'll be it. But well, but you know what? I, I think a good crazy prediction would be that they would sign Machado. Um, no way. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but that's why it would be a good crazy prediction. No, it could. It, it could. Uh, listen, it's a, it's time for the Mets. They've had so much bad publicity on this team, so much, that if they went ahead and they said, we're going to turn it around, and uh, we, right now Mets fans take the position that they're more interested in the New York Islanders than they are in the New York Mets. And the reason is the Islanders are moving to, to Belmont, Long Island, El, Elmont, or, or someplace. Uh, they're moving to Long Island. And the Mets, Sterling Properties, or whatever that company is called, are pouring more money into that into their new stadium than they are into the Mets. That's the rumor. So Mets fans who know this say, hey, instead of worrying about the Islanders, put the money into I know it's, a, it's not the Met company, but it's owned by the – it's the same thing. They can move money around, uh, I think. Put the money into the American headlines. I see. I see Wilpon with a shovel as they're breaking ground for the Islanders. I'll tell you what. Whoever let that happen and and, and let that picture get out, forget about it. That was really dumb. But uh, the perception of Met fans is that they're putting more money into the Islanders than the Mets. They can turn it around by signing Machado or Harper. I, I would love to see either one of those guys in a Mets uniform, but so if uh, it does I, happen, what the, uh, what's my uh, reward? It, it, if the Mets sign either Machado or yeah. uh, or Harper, yeah. 
Yes. I, I will. Uh, I will fly up from the the comfortable confines of uh, my my humble abode here in North Carolina. Yes. And I will take you to opening day, and I will buy you something from every concession vendor who comes by. Oh, so you, don't you, can who, like, you don't know. You don't know who you're like dealing eight, with. You can be like eight years old again and have cotton candy and uh-huh. peanuts and every single thing that goes by, or you can be 48 and drink every beer that comes by. It's up to you. Your I'll probably do both. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's great. I'm, I'm etching that one in my kitchen table as well. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Well, let, let's bang out a couple more before we end up. And uh, yeah. Jacob DeGrom, 2018 Cy Young Award winner. What do you think? Mm, well... Uh, his ERA is under two. Chris Sale's the only other pitcher in baseball with an ERA under two. Sure, uh, sure. You know they say that Jacob. That there's nothing that Jake Degrom can't do, right? Do you agree? Except uh, post wins. That's, that's the only, the only thing. thing. Against him. That's the only thing he can't do is get a win, uh, which is the most important thing. But Scherzer has kind of, I won't say peaked, but he's leveled off a little bit. Uh, and of course. Uh, 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 Aaron Nola didn't have a good outing, his last outing. Yeah, I think the Grom's got a chance, and I think the voters are going to wake up and pay attention and say it may not be about wins. You know, so much talk in baseball that wins is not an important category anymore. It's quality starts, which is stupid in itself. Uh, but, you know, wins are a function of the team, not the pitcher. But I will tell you, uh, and we play fantasy baseball and all, all that stuff, the most, the whole thing is about wins. The most important thing is wins. But that being said, I think Degrom has a heck of a chance. I would put Degrom number one right now. I would put Scherzer two and Aaron Nola three. The the one thing that really uh, I guess encourages me for Degrom's chances is that he's he's got the the unique thing. The the other two guys are kind of like fighting each other over the same stats. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to split the vote and that, you know, there are going to be some people who are just going to say, well, I can't give the Cy Young Award winner to a, to a guy who doesn't even win 10 games. Uh, well, there's, but it's, there's going to be voters like that. There, there just are. But they're going to, uh, Nola and Scherzer are going to split that vote. So I think DeGrom comes out ahead. Same stats. If Philadelphia doesn't make the playoffs, then it's definitely DeGrom. Uh, same stats. If any one of these teams were really playing well throughout the entire year, if Philadelphia makes the playoffs, then it may be a little tougher. If Aaron Nola comes through at the end of the year and Philadelphia makes the playoffs, that's going to be tough. Scherzer is done based upon not his performance, but I think the whole performance. They can't give him the Cy Young Award on a team that's been the, the most disappointing team in Major League Baseball in years. Who would have thought? I mean, would you have taken how many, uh, how many games are the Mets behind Washington? Uh, what, five or six games behind Washington? Uh, would you have, as they say, would you have signed for that at the beginning of the year, that at this point the Mets would be five games behind Washington? Sure you would have as a Mets fan, uh, but take a look at where they are. So I, th- I think the Grom has a heck of a chance. All right, well, let's finish it up with uh, something that we've been kind of talking about all throughout the, the, the podcast here, and that's how do the Mets move forward? Uh, do you think that they keep the current team intact, you know, maybe add a hitter, uh, a couple of bullpen arms, or do you think that they go in the other way and, and they, they look to make big trades and, and do a serious rebuilding with a capital R here in the uh, off season? Well, I would take the position that they do a serious rebuilding. I mean, they've got, um, uh, they don't have a great 
slew of prospects coming up other than Alonzo that I know of. I mentioned the other kid, Louis Gilormi or whatever his name is. Uh, he's pretty good. We've seen Chris Flexen. Yeah, nothing great. So there's nothing really great that uh, Thomas Nito, he's, uh, he could be a decent catcher. He could be ready next year. But I do think that the Mets may have taken uh, – they may take a page – out of what both Atlanta and Philadelphia have done, and and Oakland as well, these teams have taken a couple of years and they have rebuilt, and they are now successful. Uh, I I wonder what Washington's going to do in the off season as well. But I I don't think the Mets are going to go in next year, counting on Cespedes, counting on Frazier, counting on um, on Jay Bruce. I just can't see him counting on those players. They got great names but they're not the same as they have been. You can't go in with the same cast of characters and expect much different than what they produced for three quarters of the season. So I think they're going to tear it up and build it around Rosario batting leadoff, and batting second is going to be the guy whose name I keep forgetting. Uh, the, Jeff the, McNeil. Uh, yeah, McNeal. And I think that's, the, I think that's their uh, starting point right there offensively. And pitching-wise, I could see him keeping uh, Wheeler or Mats or maybe both, but I really think they can get a haul for Nimmo. And, and, and the three or four players that they get uh, could, in two years, fill a couple of spots. I, I think the, uh, the real serious rebuild is, is, is an option. It's a reasonable option, but I don't know if it would be the one that I would uh, take with this, uh, this particular cast. I mean, even discounting the three guys that you mentioned, Bruce and Cespedes and Frazier, yeah. uh, who, who certainly haven't given a whole lot to this year's team. Ever, ever since um, people started coming back from the, from the DL and, and being healthy, the, the Mets have been, uh, what, two or three games over 500 the last uh, two plus months. So I don't, I don't think they're as bad as the overall record indicates. I think that June was just one of those classic everything that could go wrong did go wrong type of months. And I, I think that uh, I think that they're past that. I think that uh, uh, adding uh, adding one quality bat would uh, oh, make a lot of difference. Right. Of course, they really need to, to remake the bullpen. Oh, man. I, had, I really thought you had so much potential. <laughs> I, I know. Squandered potential. That's me. You forget one thing. Uh-huh. Met, I, I usually forget much more than that. No, the Met ownership, their history is if they can get rid of the big salaries and get prospects, it, you know, that's the way they're going to go. In order for them to keep the Bruces and the Cespedes and, and the Frasers, they're going to have to go out and, and, and spend some money and, and get some players, get some uh, players, more than complimentary players. They're going to have to get – and but, but where? Where? What position? What are they going to do? They, they only have one choice. They'll save money. They'll get rid of as much contract as they can. They'll think that Travis Thorneau is going to come back. Uh, they'll think Ahmad's going to be a star. They'll play that up. And, and, and they'll play up the Wheeler and Matt strong finish. They'll trade the Grom. They'll get three or four prospects and maybe two, three big ones. And that's, and that's what they're going to do. It's what the Mets have always done. So I'll go on that. And um, if I'm right about this, you'll take me to another game and buy <laughs> me all the, all the peanuts I could eat, right? 
Well, if if they do go off and trade uh, Degrom and and Syndergaard, the the good thing is if we go to that game, there'll be nobody in the stands, so we'll get yeah. to pick any seat that we want. Oh, I forgot about Syndergaard. Yeah, so you know what? That further tells me it's going to be Degrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, and Mats. What you can't go in next year with those three and then trade Degrom and fill some of the holes. Come Not if Mats is throwing beach balls. Well. Now, look, if Matt's is throwing beach balls and Wheel is throwing uh, softballs, then uh, it doesn't matter what you do. They're not going to do it. <laughs> well, my thanks to uh, our guest today, Lenny, Lenny Melnick, the legend. Uh, Lenny has uh, every podcast imaginable. Um, you want to plug anything <laughs> before we go? Every day. And, I, and that's what, if I'm right, forget about the peanuts and the popcorn. I'm going to sentence you to one year every morning at 9 o'clock in my chat room, Okay. Because I'll tell you what, you know, as as people have said, people go into this business with the perks of glory and fame and, uh, and making money. For me, the people that I've met in fantasy sports, the 40, 50 people that come into our chat room every morning at 9 o'clock. And when we've met last year uh, on various states that Andrea and I drove around to, people were embracing like they were hugging their cousins. It's just been phenomenal. The community, forget it, nobody listens to what I'm saying. Everybody talks to each other. We help each other. We truly like each other. And we show up every morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Lenny Melnick, fantasysports.com. It's been the joy of my life, really has. And Andrea does podcast. we got a couple of other guys. Hopefully you'll join the fray, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I just have to disagree with you on one point, and that's I hang on every word you say. Lenny, you, you've been great to me, and I, I appreciate everything that, that you've done for me these last few years, and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you, kiddo. Hope to see you one of these days when I'm down in North Carolina. As I saw the uh, uh, North Carolina baseball team the other day, they were, what, what's uh, not Nashville, uh, what's the other team? Uh, uh, Durham, the Durham Bulls? No, the team that, what team is, uh, what's the name on uh uh, uh, Jimenez, uh, uh, you know, for the uh, uh, White Sox. Uh, who oh, um, is is he at uh, Winston Salem? No, uh, I forget. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'll come down to. Carolina. We got we got a bunch of minor league teams here. We got uh, I know at least that. a dozen. I'd rather go to a minor league game than a major league game anytime. Well, good. No I'll question. take I'll take you there. The the concessions will be cheaper. See you later, kiddo. <laughs> take care, Lenny.